Hello and welcome to this great event for UK Games Industry Internships, Graduate Schemes and Traineeships. Georgia and I are your hosts for today. Uh, I've worked in the games industry for about 30 years now, from self-publishing on home computers to being producer on the early Grand Theft Auto games to games commissioner at Channel 4 Television and now running Games Jobs Live online recruitment events for the games industry. So cool and impressive. Hi all, I'm Georgia. I'm a junior character artist currently working on Old School RuneScape at Jagex. I've been in the industry for just over two years and I regularly appear at events aimed at helping young people bridge the gap between education and the games industry. Young people and anyone, I should say. This year, I'm working with Intergames as a part of their Champions program and I'm so happy to be here representing them today. Today is a joint event between Games Jobs Live and Intergames, a wonderful nonprofit organization that supports people finding rewarding careers in the games industry. So the core focus today is for people who are actively looking to make their first steps into the industry. However, I know we've got a huge range of people watching and there'll be plenty of tips and insights for those who are a little earlier or later on in their careers. Absolutely. The games industry as a whole is worth just under 160 billion dollars with over two and a half billion people globally regularly playing games in the last 12 months literally thousands of industries have been decimated but the games industry has gone from strength to strength more commonly we hear negative stories about the games industries but even just in recent days we've seen various stories about gaming um, having helped keep people connected and sane over the last 12 months the excellence that goes into modern games is also very commonly overlooked. The UK in particular is a real powerhouse in both technical expertise and creative vision. We've made some of the biggest games on the planet from Football Manager, Sea of Thieves, Worms, RuneScape, Tomb Raider, Lemmings, Grand Theft Auto and more. These games and countless others are made right here in the UK and have been loved by hundreds of millions of people all over the world. And today we're hoping that we have the next generation of games developers watching and taking part. We have some of the best and brightest from the current generation to chat about what it's like to work for them, how to get jobs for them and what their opportunities are. We have so many, in fact, they only have a few minutes each, but afterwards we'll put a couple of questions to them. So put your questions into the live stream uh, channel on the Discord if you'd like your question asked. Many of the companies also have people ready in the Discord channels to answer some more direct questions too. So make sure that you get involved to ask whatever you would like to know. Go to intergames.org slash discord and you'll see that scrolling along the bottom throughout the event. Once there, go to hashtag my role and assign yourself a role. If you're not already in the games industry, most people will choose learning. Under the internships event heading, you'll see channels for each organization plus discipline specific chat channels. However, please don't give anybody any personal details in the Discord, regardless of who they say they are, uh, you should be the ones asking the questions. If you do see any inappropriate comments or people asking for personal information, please alert a moderator. For everyone watching this live, you'll get the most out of this because you can chat to all the companies on the Discord but this video will also be available to, to watch on catch up at the same time if you want to rewatch bits of it 
or forward it to anyone else that you think will get a uh, benefit from it. And if you're enjoying this, please do subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Before we get started, um, I would like to say many thanks to the companies taking part today. Um, you'll be hearing from, and I'd like to thank BAFTA Guru, Creative Assembly, Lucid Games, Mediatonic, Splash Damage, Transfuser, Sumo Digital, and Ubisoft, an amazing selection. And in particular, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Core Games. Core is an endless universe of games and worlds designed by a global community of creators. It's a radically accessible game construction kit, content exchange, and game playing platform all in one. With Core, you can create multiplayer games using the power of the Unreal Engine with no coding or art skills required. When you're ready to share your creations, publish them to the Core platform where they'll be instantly available to play. Visit the Core Games website at coregames.com. Links pinned at the top of all the Discord channels. Georgia, you're kindly here representing Into Games. Can you tell us a bit more about what all they do? Yeah, great. Um, well, firstly, I would like to point everybody to the Intergames website. That's intergames.org for tons of online support and inspiration for finding your first job in games. Um, and I would also like to point everyone to the Intergames Twitter, which has the handle at intergameshq. This is the best way to keep up to date with our work, find out about new opportunities and get involved in weekly live Q&A sessions. The Intergames Discord, once again, is intergames.org slash discord. And as mentioned, this has dedicated channels for questions and chat alongside this event. But even after today, we welcome you joining our growing community curated for tutors, care advisors, students, game enthusiasts, and industry people to learn, share, and collaborate on all things video games. The, um, just a few of our Intergames programs which might be of interest include the Intergames Digital Mentor Program. This is a great one. This accepts applications all year round. We connect industry professionals directly to young people. Find out more at intergames.org. Coming up, we also have the Games Careers Week. That is a free online festival to inspire, inspire people from every background to discover careers in one of the UK's fastest growing creative sectors. It runs from the 26th of March to the 2nd of April, and you should definitely check that out at gamescareersweek.org. And as part of Games Careers Week, Portfolio Pit Stop is a day of specialised industry professionals responding to portfolios on Twitter that tag HQ and hashtag Portfolio Pit Stop. That's going to be some quick top level feedback and you don't want to miss out on Saturday, the 27th of March from 11am to 4pm. Fantastic, thank you. For anyone looking to get into the games industry, Into Games has a ton of amazing array of resources and events to help. Their website is now my go-to place to refer anyone looking for more information about getting into the games industry. But I think that's about enough from us. So let's crack on and get some of our amazing companies in. Remember to post questions you like to put to them in the live stream channel on Discord. I see there's a ton of questions already do jump into the other general chat channels, the discipline-specific channels, um, to chat amongst yourselves. And I know some of the companies are monitoring them as well, but do put questions to the specific companies in their channels. Our first company up is Creative Assembly, developers of the ridiculously successful Total War series, as well as one of the most terrifyingly atmospheric games I've ever played, 
alien isolation. So please give a warm welcome to Helen West from Creative Assembly. Oh, sorry, Helen, I think you're on mute. Oh, no, we still can't hear you. Let's just have a quick look, see if we can play around. No. No, oh, no, we're struggling to hear you. What a shame, what a shame. Georgia, you can't hear Helen. No, no, I'm sorry, Helen, I can't hear you. <laughs> Do you have a button? Is there a button? Jimmy, a plug? <laughs> This is, this is the beauty of live events. We do connection tests with everyone. Everything works fine. And then on the day, something always goes horribly wrong. Um, Helen, do you maybe want to try logging out and um, coming back in? Um, so hopefully Helen will rejoin us shortly. <laughs> um, Georgia, you, you, you do Twitch events regularly. Something always <laughs> goes wrong, doesn't it? So it's, what is it um, when people go to space? Is it the 30% rule to uh, plan for 30% of things to go wrong? <laughs> you never expect it to be the first thing, though, do you? Absolutely. Helen. Does that work better now? That does work. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Hopefully I'll get everything wrong. And from now on, it will be you, fine. <laughs> you, you are our 70% that's gone wrong. Everything else will be fine. <laughs> Brilliant. Great. Well, I have another video. challenge um, because hopefully you've got a video to run. So just to make it extra difficult.
Thank you for showing the video there, Colin. Um, I'm having difficulty with my slides, but I will just talk without slides and hopefully people don't mind having to see me rather than seeing my, my beautiful slide selection. Um, as you could see from the video, um, 2020 was a phenomenal year for Creative Assembly and um, we're almost into March, but um, already it's, it's carrying on with the speed that we've started with. Um, I want I work for the legacy part of Creative Assembly and want to talk to you very briefly about that because I have lots of my colleagues who are experts in their disciplines ready to talk to you in discourse. So I won't detain you for too long. But I wanted to talk a little bit about legacy because um, it really is intrinsic to the values of Creative Assembly. And I think that's important for anybody wanting to apply because first of all, you have to think about is this a studio that fits with you and where you want to work? Um, and also um, the work of legacy, the work that I do with my colleagues will really, if you look at it, it will really help um, make your application stand out because it will show that you've done your research in what's so important to us at Creative Assembly. Our core values here are on quality, focus, teamwork, respect and trust. And they really do permeate everything we do from every interaction internally to also how we um, work with the games industry externally and with education partners. And um, the core of what we do um, is um, reflected in those values. Um, with the legacy, we give back to education and back, give back to community and our creative assembly ambassadors, um, they spend their time mentoring, working outside of creative assembly and working with the future talent. And in doing so, they ultimately enhance their own skills and their own career progression within the studio. So it's an everybody wins situation. But why is this relevant to you now? Well, if, you, if you're considering applying to our wonderful studio, um, understanding the, the legacy project um, and the fact that it's um, an award-winning best industry, um, um, it's, award, it's won the award for the best industry in education for the last two years in a row, um, will help you understand the, the importance of it within our studio. Um, we provide curriculum advice and guidance to many UK education establishments to help improve the quality of games um, and games education in the UK. But part of this is what we have, um, we call our Creative Chronicles, um, and it focuses on different areas of games development, um, such as art, programming, audio, everything you can think of. And really these videos, which are all on our YouTube channel, show you everything that we're looking for, everything that we do, everything that we believe in, and, and answer a lot of those questions that I've already seen in Discord at the moment. Um, but they'll answer them specifically to our studio. So if you're looking to understand the culture of Creative Assembly, this is the, the, the place where it really is rich with all that information has interviews with our experts but also advice and inside knowledge um, and experience and wisdom and as I say in a sense of that culture of our studio um, what you are always asking us how do we network you know how do we know how do you how do we know as an applicant how do you know what the studio is looking for and on our creative chronicles really do show that so we recruited over 200 people in 2020 and we just didn't slow down. Um, we do provide a range of trainee positions each year. They are full time paid positions and they have um, on the job mentoring and training and they're very thoughtfully put together and curated depending on the needs of the studio. 
And we are a AAA award-winning studio, and so we do require a degree of accomplishment, um, which that usually goes hand in hand with um, a level of focus and um, specialization. So really make sure in your applications that you point clearly towards the role you're applying for and your portfolio, your, your link should always represent that. And, and, and we should clearly be able to see where you're wanting to go within your career. Remember your portfolio is your first impression. Um, nothing really else is, is considered um, on the same level. That will be your first um, gateway. And then once we think that's, that's brilliant, then we'll start looking at other things. But in terms of your education, your geography, your experience, it's not that important. The first thing that we will always look at is the portfolio because we're looking for the highest level of skill. Um, we do have open vacancies at present. Um, our trainee roles tend to go up around Easter time. So um, do keep looking um, out on our website for all those opportunities. Um, good luck and, and thank you very much for um, putting up with me without my presentational slides. Cheers. Great stuff. Thank you so much, Ellen. Um, I think we've got some questions coming through the Discord channel. Did you have any, Colin? Uh, there's There's been a ton of questions, so thank you so much for all the questions. Um, one of the early ones we got was uh, from Rudy95, who's been put off getting into the games industry because it's he, um, they've heard it's hard to, to, to get into and is worried about it being too competitive. I mean, how, how fair a concern is that? Um, I think there is ground in that. I think it is competitive industry. It's a huge growth industry. Um, not everybody has to come from a games background. Um, I haven't come from a games background. Um, and many of my colleagues haven't. There are some roles which will be always be more competitive than others. So perhaps you could um, think of alternative ways in if you're not quite so sure. But I think it always boils down to your research. You have to research your studio, research what you're wanting to do. And ultimately, the people who get in are the people who have done their research, know that they are the right fit and explain, can clearly demonstrate how they are the right fit for the studio in terms of their output, but also in terms of their research. If that's what I was trying to say in my talk was that we, there's so much information out there. There's almost no excuse to not know the studio inside out because we're showing you everything all the time, not just through the games, but also in terms of our website, you know, LinkedIn, um, Twitter, everything, you know, Instagram, everything's out there for you to see and see how your fit um, is with that. Yeah, that's really fantastic advice. I think everyone would do well to listen to that. Um, <laughs> Gabor asked uh, how hard it would be to change departments if, say, somebody started in one discipline and wanted to move across to another discipline. Do you guys see that happen in your studio? I think it has happened. Um, potentially roles within the same discipline. I wouldn't say see people jumping disciplines because, as I say, we, we tend to... Um, focus um our energies and and um the skill set um is towards one role um but once you are in the studio there's nothing to stop you um not nothing to stop you changing things and we would always want to um we'd always want to make sure that we can train people and put them in the most appropriate role for their skill set. So if once you're in the studio, we realize that um, you're particularly good at a different area or you want to gain knowledge in that, there's nothing to stop you. Um, if you are the best person, there's nothing to stop you moving. Yeah, awesome. Um, we also have got, uh, Ross was asking um, if it's okay just to email companies to ask what internships they've got. So I think 
it all depends on how I would I wouldn't say no but I think it all depends on how the approach is everything I think so everything is more available and more accessible online and that's a wonderful thing but you also should remember that contacting somebody online or wanting to connect with somebody online isn't just a clicking a button you should really think of it as almost as though you're meeting that person in person um you wouldn't just sort of go up somebody say hi and walk off again so connecting with somebody with um something behind it with a message behind it you have to really think about what do you what are you wanting to say what are you wanting to offer it's a transactional process um so are you asking for feedback is it genuine it's so obvious these people who work in our studios get um get approached a lot um, so really think about your approach. Think about how what you're wanting. Um, how are you going to ask for this? So always be polite. Don't just connect to somebody and not say anything. Um, make sure that you you ask for something. If you're wanting feedback, then offer something as well and act on it. You know, you could follow up in a few months' time and say, thank you so much for your feedback. Do you know what? I changed this and that and the other. And that, again, shows the studio that you know how to listen. You take on board what's said and you've actually acted on it. It's not just about, hey, I'll connect with Colin, I'll connect with Georgia, done, job done. You have to keep doing the work. That's the first bit of the work. Um, so yes, do reach out to companies and do your research beforehand so you do that ex have that excellent first impression. Brilliant, thank you so much. Helen, that, that, there's been a ton of great advice. Thank you so much for joining us. Can I say one more thing? Sorry, it's just that we've I've got loads of my amazing colleagues in our Discord channel and they are representing programming, audio, art, infrastructure, but also I've seen in your chat um, there's the sort of social community manager positions as well. So the marketing brand positions, we've got people in there as well. So sometimes those people get a bit overlooked, um, but we've got representatives from everybody right now in the Discord all ready to chat with you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Very, very good point. Great. Thank you so much, Helen. Bye. Bye. So if you're not already on the Discord, the link is scrolling across the bottom of the screen. Log on, assign yourself a role in the My Role channel um, and get chatting to Helen, her colleagues and everyone else. Um, we've got a bunch of great companies and speaking of which, next up we have Core Games who have an amazing platform to enable multiplayer games to be built in the Unreal Engine without needing any programming or art skills. So even I might stand a chance. Here from Core Games to tell us a little bit more is Sarah Linkus. Hello, everyone. I'm my name is Sarah. I am the educational content developer for uh, Manticore Games that makes Core, which is the platform that was just really more eloquently introduced than I could uh, even <laughs> say myself. But what I am here to talk to you today about is the opportunity to be your own indie studio. Um, and I think, you know, right now, especially if you're a new grad or you're moving into an industry and things like that, you're under this situation where you need these portfolio pieces, but you don't have the jobs to develop the portfolio. So you end up in this very artificial situation of needing to kind of generate the need for things. And the, the real amazing thing that you can do with Core is entirely produce published games that are played, that have been iterated over time and actually make money. Um, and you could do this in, I would say in core, there are solo developers who have built every single part of their game up to, I think most often we see teams of about three people moving into different roles. And the, the kind of exciting thing is that like, core is this rapid iteration tool that's built on top of Unreal 4. So it takes all the power, the beauty of Unreal 4, 
and then scales different parts of the operation so that you can focus on the part that is actually relevant to you and still end up with a complete working product at the end. So while we say you don't need the art skills and you don't need the programming skills, you can absolutely do them and use them to set yourself apart, um, just depending on what your goals are. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, and this is, this is especially interesting for what we might, we might call disrupting the industry. Um, but especially interesting for people who don't feel that they fit into one mold right now. Um, core is an opportunity that you just don't have to, if you wanted to do every single part of your project from the design, project management, marketing, art, environment design, level design, and programming, you can absolutely do that. And there are people who have, have and have published, you know, really nice polished games in a matter of months and prototypes in a matter of hours. Um, and so it's really a great opportunity for you to say, hey, I can actually make games. I can design them and show them and um, really actually become a professional without anyone's permission. Because again, it's monetizable and you can make money. The designs of the monetization system fit really anybody's project design. So it's up to you and how you'd like to be supported as a creator and an artist. Um, yeah. And especially like when, um, uh, yeah, I actually, let me go ahead and share my screen so I can talk about the different ways that you could sort of begin to interface with core. Um, because what core gives you is the a number of assets that you can use. Um, let me actually share my screen so that I can do that. Um, and uh, there we go. Sorry. Um, and so as an environment designer, you can literally just build up a space um, and build everything you want using the pre-existing assets that are in core. Um, And what this allows you to do is to basically show your skill set at not only like designing an environment that is pretty, that communicates an artistic idea and things like that, but that also controls the cognitive load for players, focuses on the appropriate parts of the thing, all of that, and make this an instantly playable space that people can just walk into right away. Um, so we have a number of primitive assets that everything is built out of. And then um, I can type the word castle. And then also these sort of pre-made templates that are made out of those pieces. So if I were to sort of dissect this beautiful, gorgeous castle here, you would find that it's actually just made out of a ton of individual props. And this is really close to like your professional environment design flow where you're really gonna have to take assets made by somebody else and then express your creativity through them. And um, Sorry, let me move my spawn point here. I will right, we'll just start the preview here. Um, but as you can see, as soon as I've made something, this was again, two 30 seconds of effort. I can now walk around it. I can experiment with it. I have a player controller that can be customized through like a UI menu. So that's all available. Um, but I could publish this right now and players could start jumping into my game. I'm not going to because it's just a castle uh, inside of some mountains. Um, but the idea is if you're somebody who is not focused on building gameplay, but building spaces and you want people to walk through the spaces without having to hire a programmer to do that, you have that available and you can make your portfolio pieces live things that can be visited by people. Um, and so that's really exciting for the level designers. Uh, let's see here. We have um, frameworks. So you can basically start a game with the complete, uh, sorry, 
uh, sure we'll save them. So you can start a game with basically the complete logic for a number of similar games. We've got dungeon crawlers, we've got capture the flag games and first person, third person shooters and things like that. And if you just want to design a really cool level around that, similar to the environment artists, but much more thinking about the gameplay mechanics, you have that available with any of these. Um, the core battle royale is a really interesting, you know, study in the design of different like pockets of environment that you can check out um, for sure. And so it allows you basically to create a piece that is again testable and playable without having to rely on just building into somebody else's um, shooter system, like um, you know, modding Halo or things like that. You have the ability to customize all of this, work with somebody who can like really, really customize, build new weapons and things like that, but also completely focus on the part that you want to do and want to prioritize for your project. Um, and then for, um, for you programmers, this is a really interesting one because, okay, Core uses Lua and Lua is a, it is, it is a unique language that is both extremely readable and a little bit unpredictable when you're first learning it in terms of what it's going to have and what it doesn't. It's it's really beautiful. It talks really nicely to C, so you're going to see it in almost all modding that goes on top of C++ uh, products because it's just so, so nice for creating an API for C++. And what you could do as a programmer, because Lua is really flexible, it's not actually typed or any, it's dynamically typed. Um, is that you can control the entire architecture of your project. So you can not just be working on say, oh, my job is just to do this like tiny piece and to make sure that this widget doesn't go off the screen, but really you can get in and, um, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. So you can get in and like completely design the architecture of the project, come up with the organization. Are you going to use a model view controller pattern? Are you going to use a different one? You can actually choose anyone you want in Lua because it's really flexible and not very uh, opinionated on that subject. So it allows you to choose um, lots of different operations. And I can actually stop sharing my screen now. I think I think that's all I have for that. But everyone should check out coregames.com just to see the variety of different um, styles and games like that. Um, and then for you project managers in marketing, it's probably a really hard role to get into without the experience. But what you can do is get into a small group, learn some technical skills. I think technical skills are really um, highly valued in project management and designers now. Um, so just interfacing with it is really powerful and you can come up with these tiny groups who would hugely benefit from your organization and from your marketing skills because this is a beautiful lab where I can look at a game and I can see, okay, today this has uh, 71,000 plays and after my campaign, I did this. It is very trackable. There's also metrics that um, you can download for the games and things like that, but it's really easy to demonstrate um, quantitatively your impact in a, a nice lab that's like right now still in the beginning stages. So the opportunity for growth is really high. Um, Core has been out for about a year and it is a, it is a really beautiful, amazing tool for everybody to bring in what they want. Um, do I have time for questions? I can jump in the discord if not. I, I think we've got time for one question. Okay. Uh, Georgia. That was uh, yeah, awesome demo. Thank you so much, Sarah. Um, so I think the best question we got was um, so from an indie point of view. This is from the underscore guy. Um, if you if somebody say had their own game, would you suggest pitching it to a studio or making it and publishing it completely themselves? 
Um, for us, I would say make it, publish it completely, show it. You can do that. Um, it's one free in most cases and a much more powerful way to demonstrate the thing. Everybody wants to see at least a prototype. And like with Core, for example, you totally own the IP. So if you want to make it here, show it here, play it here, and then you build it entirely yourself over again, you would completely have the flexibility to do that. And you know, you look at like my favorite game in the world, Celeste. Made on Pico 8, beautiful, tiny, little in-a-box demonstration of how fun this mechanic is, and then completely rebuilt as the beautiful, beautiful game that you can download from Steam and where have you. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> nice plug for your favorite game there. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you very much for, for having me, and I hope to see you all in the core metaverse in the future. Uh, absolutely, and thank you for getting up so early to do this. Yeah. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Amazing stuff. So cool. So much energy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Still to come, yeah, we have uh, Mediatonic, uh, BAFTA, Lucid Games, Ubisoft, and Transfuser. But before that, we jump up to Yorkshire to hear from Sumo Digital, one of the fastest growing games companies from the UK, developers of the likes of Crackdown 3, Team Sonic, and Team Sonic Racing. From Sumo Digital, let's bring on Jake Habgood. Hey, Jake. How's it going? Hello. How do you? Okay, so hi, uh, my name is Jake Habgood. I'm Director of Education Partnerships at Sumo Digital. Um, and I'm just gonna talk you through some of the internship and placement opportunities that we have at Sumo. Uh, so if, if I could just have my slide deck up. Brilliant. Okay, so uh, Sumo, you know, we've been lucky enough to work on a huge range of amazing video game franchises. Uh, but perhaps, you know, most recently you've noticed that we were the developers of Sackboy, a big adventure for Sony Interactive Entertainment. Um, founded in 2003, you know, we have worked on a large number of titles, over 60 titles, including all the brilliant games shown here. And in fact, many more that we couldn't fit on a single slide. We have eight studios in the UK in Sheffield, Nottingham, Newcastle, Brighton, Leeds, Levington and Warrington as well as additional studios in India, Poland, and the US. And I'm gonna tell you, as I said, about the placement, internship, and apprenticeship opportunities that we have, particularly in our UK studios then. So I'll begin by talking about the opportunities that we have in our undergraduate placement scheme. So, you know, this is something that's been running for a number of years, um, but obviously as the Sumo Group grows, we're getting more opportunities. So. Uh, in the last year, we had opportunities in art, audio, code, and design disciplines, and placements were available across all of our UK studios. Um, and you know, these are 12-month play, paid placements uh, aimed at second-year undergraduates who are seeking a year in industry, perhaps part of a uh, sandwich degree or something like that. Applications open in December and close in January for around about a September start. So, you know, you've, you've missed out this year if you've not already applied, but perhaps if you're in the first year of your course and you're thinking forward, thinking ahead to, you know, applying for next year, then it's good to know that it's only the end of this year that uh, you would need to be applying for that scheme. So, I think one of the critical things to say about this is that these are, you know, real opportunities. These are not uh, making the tea. These are real roles on real development teams performing a development role on a live project. So we need applicants to be able to demonstrate industry-ready skill sets. 
So what are we looking for? Well, um, across the board then, we would expect you to have at least a, a 2-1 uh, degree, or be, in, be on track for a 2-1 degree or better classification. Um, in terms of artists, we are looking for specialization. We are looking for exceptional portfolios demonstrating skill sets in environment art, lighting, technical art, visual effects, uh, character art, or animation. Um, in terms of audio, then, we're looking in particular for portfolios of sound design. So we're not looking at music portfolios at the moment, but we are interested in sound designers. Um, programmers, then, you know, exceptional portfolios that have a large amount of C++ in them. So, um, yes, it's good to be able to demonstrate sort of C-sharp skills as well, but ultimately it's C++ that is the real clincher in this kind of role. So make sure you're doing some great work in C++. Um, and for designers then, again, you know, we're looking for a little bit of specialization, showing that you've demonstrated a passion for you know, either level design, game design, or technical design. OK, so now moving on to the Sumo Academy, um, which is a brand new opportunity, which is providing internships. And going forward, we'll provide apprenticeships as well, but specifically aimed at programmers for the time being. So this is something slightly different. It is 12 to 24 months of training and work within the Sumo Digital Academy. Applications open in May and close in June for a September start. And this is you know, something that would be ideal for talented graduates who don't have a games industry portfolio. So specifically, we're thinking about you know, computer science students, mathematicians, physicists with first class degrees who are interested in you know, retraining and uh, looking at a role as a game programmer in the games industry. We would also consider you know, people with professional programming experience from another industry. Um, or you know, exceptionally, we would even consider people without a degree, but with an exceptional hobbyist portfolio. So, you know, great to see all sorts of different game engines used there, but we would need to be able to find candidates who can demonstrate a real talent and aptitude for learning C++ as well. And, you know, we have some C++ learning materials available to enthusiastic applicants if you get in contact. Okay, so this in the long term is something which is part of a new uh, games industry initiative uh, to develop a level seven game programming apprenticeship. Um, this is an apprenticeship scheme that uh, is postgraduate, so you know, aimed at typically people who already have a degree. Um, and it has two specialisms, uh, a game software programmer. Uh, so that's you know, somebody who is on a game team working on game logic, uh, programming uh, the actual sort of uh, mechanics of the game, for example. Um, and a game technology programmer uh, who sits on a core technology team developing the technologies that underpin a game uh, and something like that. Uh, so the length of the apprenticeship would depend on existing training. So it's up to 24 months, but a minimum of 12 months. So, you know, perhaps if you are a really talented computer science student uh, who's worked in languages other than C++, it might only take you 12 months to kind of transfer your skill set. But perhaps if you're transferring from mathematics or physics or another discipline, it might take you a bit longer. And because of the way that apprenticeship schemes work, we can't retrain anybody uh, who has already received training in this area. So unfortunately, this kind of opportunity is not for anybody 
who has an existing game programming degree. It's only for people who haven't been trained in that area already. Okay, so those are the two main opportunities that we have at Sumo. And if you'd like to find out any more, then you can find out more information on the Sumo Digital website about the undergraduate placement scheme and check on there back in uh, December 2021. And for the Sumo Digital Academy, check out the Sumo Academy website uh, around about May time to for find out more information there. Okay, that's me done then. Awesome. It's so good to see um, studios offering amazing ways for uh, students to get into the industry, students and other. Yeah, All right. Absolutely. Yeah. Jake, uh, a couple of questions. Um, you just mentioned the, the, the Sumo Academy. In fact, let's let's bring up the, the details again. Um, we've got Watson121 asking if that's a paid scheme. Sorry, can you say that again? The Sumo Academy, whether that's a paid scheme. Absolutely paid scheme. Yes. No, uh, all apprenticeships are paid schemes um, and um, you would be paid throughout that essentially to train, being paid to learn, which I think is something that's, you know, very exciting about apprenticeship schemes. I think it's, you know, it's completely turning the tables um, on the sort of system that we have in universities at the moment where you pay for your degree. This is something where your training is paid for for you. So I think that's very, very exciting. Awesome. I think there's been um, quite a lot of chat in the uh, live stream um, server about getting into design specifically. So uh, a couple of people were wondering what would be expected to see on a design portfolio and sort of what's a good route to get into design? I think uh, I think that sort of depends on what kind of design role you're hoping to have eventually. Um, I think it's very useful to have some technical skills if you're interested in being, for example, a technical designer. Um, and that can take you a long way in, in design. It can get your foot in the door, get you involved in a project and developing your skill set. Um, but then, you know, some designers uh, will spend their time writing documents. I think, you know, it's, it's always great to see really good writing skills and the ability to be able to communicate through documentation and, you know, get your vision for a project across on paper. So that's something sort of really important for other kinds of design roles too. Also, we just got a really quick follow up on that one on how you would define a technical designer and what would be in that portfolio. OK, so um, I guess, uh, you know, years ago we had a project where we were doing work with the Microsoft Connect um, and there were a lot of students that came onto that as technical designers who were configuring the sort of positions associated with that. So they needed to know about sort of 3D geometry in terms of being able to sort of define to the program exactly what pose a player should be stood in it to, in order to trigger something to happen in a particular game. And then they were setting up all these poses in that game to make that, that program work. So it, it was slightly mathematical. Uh, it involved an understanding of you know, 3D. Um, and uh, but at the same time was working with tools and, and doing sort of more of a designery role. So it's got that that technical design slant to it. Awesome, so interesting. Absolutely. Okay, I think we're out of time. Jake, thank you so much for joining us. You're very welcome. Great, uh, Georgia. What's next?
Awesome. Yeah. So next up, we have none other than Splash Damage, uh, based in the London area, who focus on multiplayer first person shooters, most recently working on the Gears of War franchise. Here is a video sent to us by Sophia White from Splash Damage. Unfortunately, we won't be taking any live questions after this video, but please pop any questions that you do have in the Splash Damage channel on the Discord. Hi, everyone. My name is Sophia White and I'm the recruitment coordinator at Splash Damage. I work as part of the internal recruitment team, and we work closely with the game devs on their respective roles and handle all communication with candidates in the team. Splash Damage are an award-winning game development studio based in Bromley, where we work on multiplayer, first-person shooter games. Some recent titles include Halo, the Master Chief Collection, Gears 5, Gears Tactics, and our very own Outcasters, which is on Google Stadia. We are always looking for new talent to join our studio. Our careers page is constantly being updated with new opportunities. One of those that I would like to highlight to you today is our associate video editor role. If you are interested in this, some of your responsibilities would be to work within the video team to concept, shoot and edit video to our highest quality standards and deliver within given deadlines. You would be liaising with the game teams to help plan, produce and deliver video content on time. Complete post-production for projects, including grading, mastering, encoding in different formats and uploading to the web. Some required skills and experience we would like to see when you apply are a proven experience of digital content production with a strong video background and editing showreel, highly proficient in Adobe Creative Suite, primarily Premiere, Audition and Photoshop the ability to work collaboratively and value differing perspectives. You will get bonus points for any experience with motion graphics and after effects experience and a love of games and a passion for understanding how they're developed. If you are going to apply for this role, please include a link to your showreel with your application. We currently have over 50 roles live on our careers page. If you are interested in any of these, please do apply or reach out to any of the recruitment team and we will assist you. All of your wonderful CVs and applications are reviewed by the recruitment team. But if this is your first time applying for a role in game development or you wish to have a career change, I'm here to give you a few tips on what we would look for. A simple yet often forgotten thing we like to see is a well thought out cover letter. At Splash Damage, we love to see your passion for games. Talk about your favourite game, even if it's not one of ours, what you liked about it and what inspired you to pursue a career in games. If you are applying for a role that requires a portfolio, it's important for us to see different examples of your art and design. For example, if you are applying for an entry level environment art role, try to include different examples of environments such as forests, cities or even futuristic. We'd love to see how you portray your skills on various landscapes. If you do have any work that is in progress, we would still love to see that. A short description on how you plan to finish the project will suffice. If you have created anything in your own time, be it a university project or something that you got involved with just to hone your skills, we love to see group project work. Talk about a role you played in the group what you learned and any difficulties you overcame and how you did it. At Splash Damage, we are all about teamwork and personal development 
So this will always interest us. This also includes game jams if you have attended any of them. Many of Splash Damage game devs still attend and take part in game jams. So they will be always interested by your interest in them. Make sure you mention any scripting or coding languages that you are proficient in. This includes any software that you have worked with. As Splash Damage, we predominantly use Unreal Engine, C++, Maya, Python, and Substance, just for some examples. If you haven't had experience with these, don't worry. We are happy to provide in-house learning on the job. The main thing we want to see is your personality, your drive to learn and improve, and your passion for what you do. If you're coming from a work background where your skills can be transferable, such as film, and you're wondering how to make the transition, my advice would be to make yourself familiar with the languages that we use in the games industry. As a great example, the series The Mandalorian was made using Unreal Engine, so we can already see the industries merging together. My final piece of advice for anybody who's interested in getting through the door is to remember, include a strong introduction to who you are, be specific in your cover letter on who you're addressing it to and purposely direct your application at the studio. I will be attending the Q&A and I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have or elaborate on any areas of our recruitment processes. Thank you. Great advice and some really good pointers there from uh, Sophia at Splash Damage. So do jump onto the Discord if you're not already on um, the link scrolling across the, the bottom of the screen. Get on there. Um, we're getting overwhelmed with questions in the live stream call, uh, channel. Um, if you keep that to questions for us to put to the, the, the speakers, it'll be easier for us to spot them. Anything else, follow up directly with the companies um, or if you just want to chat um, or ask general ad advice, um, go on one of the, the general chat channels. There's a ton of people there, including the companies, checking them out. Um, so moving on, um, our next company is a prime example of a stratospheric success. Headquartered in London, but with multiple offices around the UK and overseas. Their most recent game, Fall Guys, was an overnight sensation when it launched just six months ago. So I'm delighted to introduce Luke Gibson from Mediatonic. Hi, how's it going? So, hi, I'm Luke Gibson from Utonic. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, Georgia. Really enjoying the event so far. Um, can people see my screen? Do I need to? There we go. Cool. So, um, I'm here today to talk about Tonic U, which is our initiative to support a wider set of people with the skills and opportunities they need to build rewarding careers and amazing studios. So, firstly, who are Mediatonic? Well, we're now mostly known as the home of Four Guys, but behind all of that, we're actually more than 300 devs who really believe that games are for everyone. <laughs> Believing games are for everyone means backing a future with more diverse creators, players, and games. And that's really the heart behind Tonic U. So if you're building a portfolio, a career, a studio, or even taking your first steps in game development, we want to help you. So how do we do that? Firstly, we're working on a series of micro courses to give you insight into what it's like working in a studio and how our team think about uh, their work. Right now, our first four courses are live. So that's integrate 3D into your concept art process, pitch your game idea, 
take your first steps into game design and build your own webcam, which is our COVID-19 work from home special. Um, but we're already working on season two. So if there's something that you'd like to learn more about, do let me know. I'll put my Twitter and email up at the end. Secondly, we're building a community for creators. Being a game developer involves growing your creative and technical skills, as well as building that portfolio. And doing that on your own can be really tough. We all need a little help. And we think there are three ways that our Tonic U community can help with that. Firstly, encouragement. A supportive network is a huge multiplier. We want to help you meet people that will encourage you and help you build your momentum. Secondly, accountability. Knowing that other people are eagerly awaiting an update from you can be a great motivator to keep going even when it feels tough. And thirdly, skills. A broad skill set is incredibly valuable. We design our courses to help you pick up useful additional skills, whatever your role in making games. So it's worth engaging with the ones that are kind of outside your discipline as well to kind of round you off. So with all that in mind, we have a Discord community. And firstly, a huge shout out to everyone that has already joined us there and is watching this event today. You're all amazing. Thank you for being part of our soft launch. Um, but the key focus at the moment there is what we're calling Flex Friday. So every week on Friday, is the idea is that everyone shares their work in progress from the week. And if you're happy for others to see it, we'll share a selection of the work on Twitter too. But the idea behind it is to um, kind of normalize seeing work in progress. Uh, you can go on ArtStation and you can see incredible work from people and it can get a little bit discouraging. But the truth is uh, <laughs> uh, everyone has to start somewhere, right? And so um, being part of a community where you can share what you're working on right now and get some immediate encouragement and uh, it's um, been really beneficial. We've already seen some people who came in a little bit discouraged and have um, made incredible work already just in the last few weeks. So um, that's the Discord community as well. So to sum up, we really believe games are for everyone. We're still working on our internship program, so stay in touch with us to hear more about those specific opportunities. But in the meantime, take some tutorials, join our community, and let us help you build your momentum. Uh, and then also, before I go, a massive shout out to Molly, who is bravely fielding questions in the event Discord. And I'm going to go and help her out in a minute <laughs> since we're done. So that's all from me. Awesome. Thank you very much, Luke. Um, yeah, I, I, Tonic U seems, seems great. Great to see the community is growing and strongly recommend um, everyone today jumps on board um, and takes part. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, we've actually managed to avoid talking about COVID uh, too much so far the, the, this stream. Um, but from your perspective, what, you know, what, what's life going to look like in 12 months' time? Do you expect a, a normal return to the office? What's your approach on remote working? Yeah, I think it's um, it's it's really tough. There's so much uncertainty, isn't there, about um, about the future? Um, we've kind of tried to take a, a flexible approach. Um, and in fact, a number of our staff have made kind of life decisions about where they live <laughs> based on working remotely. So um, I think the industry as a whole is going to be a bit more flexible in the future. That said, obviously, there is like something magical about being together. And so um, we'll try and think of ways that we can make that happen in a safe way that's, um, you know, uh, Accommodates different lifestyles, but um, also allows for that magic to happen when you're when you're together.
Okay, oh, Georgia, you're on mute. Oh, no, shame. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, but I'm working from home really has become the new normal in some ways, but let's see how that goes. Um, so there's been some questions in the chat about um, how it feels and how you guys um, perhaps handle working on such a viral success of a game. I think we'd love to know about that. Yeah, and it, it's super exciting. Like we, um, uh, we kind of had to think before the game launched about how successful it would be, and, and it, it's been significantly more successful than we, we could have possibly imagined. Um, that said, uh, you know, success brings with it <laughs> expectations, and uh, and so I think the fan base, are, you know, were immediately kind of asking for more characters, more levels, and we had to kind of build our pipeline up behind the scenes to, to make that possible. And it, it feels like we're getting into a better place with that every day. We've kind of just announced season four um, with uh, more characters, more levels, and all that kind of stuff. And um, really hoping to reward those people that have, have stuck with the game and give them something fresh. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's like being on a on a roller coaster. <laughs> it's uh, very exciting, very stressful, but very. Exciting. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. And when when people are applying, is 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 there any sort of red flags or anything you do look out for in particular that's either a um, a really good point or a really bad point when when someone's CV or portfolio comes in? Yeah, I think like some other people have said today, like um, if you don't show any kind of interest in Mediatonic or our games, that would be a bit of a red flag. Um, you know, it's, it's probably not great to just spam all the different studios uh, with a kind of generic thing. You kind of have to tailor it. To, um, we're all very nice people, but we're all doing quite different things. So um, it, it pays to kind of tailor your approach. And then other than that, like especially early career, it's it's so based on your portfolio. And so it's it's not always like your portfolio isn't good enough, but it's like, is it the right match for what we're doing and the kind of things that we do? So um, uh, like you can get a lot of rejection trying to get into the games industry. So my advice there would just to be like, don't take it personally. It might just be that you're just not a great fit for the, for the place that you've applied for. And, dust yourself off and try again, you can do this. Yeah, uh, it's always good to encourage students to con consider that for themselves as well and uh, consider whether they can see themselves working there. Yeah, and actually that's like a good, that's a good question because it gets people thinking. Like, because I think the whole, the whole thing can be quite dazzling. Like, oh, I'd love to work there, that looks amazing, look at their games, it's fantastic. But once you kind of engage with it a bit critically, like what, what might it be like to be a Mediatonic? What kind of things might they be interested in or worried about? And um, even just engaging with that kind of question, um, uh, it shows a lot of insight by the time you're getting to talk to talk to one of us. Great. Um, Georgia, we've got time for one more question. Um, any burning questions that, you, that have jumped out to you? Ooh, let me have a look back into the chat. What about, what about for fun? What do what, what, what does everyone at Mediatonic do for fun? Uh, well, you know what? Um, we've actually been talking about this. We um, just before lockdown, we moved our London office from the Strand to Victoria, and nobody's been in it yet. Um, but we spent the kind of the last year trying to um, decorate all the different meeting rooms with different things that the team really loves. So 
there's obviously a room that kind of pays homage to different games and stuff. Um, but probably the um, the coolest one, in my opinion, is the pets room. Uh, we've got a room that just has like a wall of pet pictures. Um, That's amazing. <laughs> so, so yeah, there you go. That's what we love. Pets that sounds great. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, we need to need to come and visit once all this is over. The Absolutely. good vibes only meeting room. <laughs> yeah, you're always welcome. Yeah. Awesome. That that's been great. Luke, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. That's been really useful. You're in the Discord. That's right. I, be I believe. Um, yeah. You've obviously got your own Discord as well. But for the next um, hour, um, you're kindly um, uh, staffing the Discord here. So if you're not already in the Discord. <laughs> The link scrolling across the bottom of the, 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 the screen. It's intogames.org slash discord. That's intogames.org slash discord. If you punch that into a browser, it'll basically redirect you straight to um, the right discord if you're if you're not already there. Get on that, chat to Luke and all the other great companies we've had today. Luke, thank you for joining us. Thanks. See you later. Awesome, some great info there. Wow, uh, yeah, ab absolutely, yeah. Um, I, and I see various people asking whether this stream's recorded. It absolutely is, there's so much information. I think people are gonna need to, to, to watch it again. Um, some people have joined a little bit later. So yeah, absolutely, same link on YouTube. You can rewatch, freeze frame, whatever you want to do to, to extract as much information out of this as, as possible. Um, so get on the, 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 the Discord. Um, and if you're enjoying this, please do uh, like the video and subscribe to the channel. James Jobs Live does other events. We've got um, more recruitment events coming up. They tend to be um, normal recruitment focused rather than uh, internship and, and placement focused. Um, but there's always something interesting coming up. Um, George, it's probably time for a, a little reminder about some of the Intergames <coughs> initiatives. Awesome. I would love to remind you guys about um, what Intergames are up to recently. So um, another quick recap for anybody who might just be joining the Intergames Digital Mentorship Program. This one is really, really good. You can join it all year round and um, it's a great way to get paired with an industry professional who is going to help you directly. Find out more at intergames.org. Um, also, just to quickly recap Games Careers Week, which is a free online festival to inspire people from every background to discover careers in one of the UK's fastest growing creative sectors. That is the 26th of March to the 2nd of April, and you can find out more information at gamescareersweek.org. And lastly, just to recap the portfolio pit stop, this is going to be a great one running via at intergameshq on Twitter. And if you hashtag your artwork with portfolio pit stop on Saturday, the 27th of March, then you may receive some specialized industry feedback from some professionals who are gonna be online looking at your artwork. So that's a really good one. Uh, Portfolio Pit Stop um, via Intergames HQ on Twitter. Check that one out. Great stuff, yeah. I hope everyone gets the chance to check them out. Um, just before we introduce our, our next speaker, um, just ad-libbing a little bit. I mean, Georgia, your, your own um, journey into the, the, the games industry, I mean, what was that? How did you, when did you first know you wanted to get into games? Uh, so I was, uh, I was really interested in being an animator actually specifically. So I decided to go to university to become an animator. And it was when I was at 
university that I sort of realised I was really quite terrible at animation. Um, thankfully, the university that I was had had a bit of an umbrella year for a first year. And I would suggest that if you're thinking of going to university and you're not too sure or you think that maybe there's lots of things you might like to do, looking for a course that has a common first year between multiple different disciplines could be for you, as it was for me. I ended up switching across to 3D modelling and specialised in character design. Um, so, uh, yeah, if, I would recommend doing that if anybody's interested. After I graduated from university, um, it did unfortunately take me about six months to find a job in the industry. That's not uncommon. I think I must have applied, I mean, including lots of different sectors at that point. I think I must have applied to nearly 100 jobs before I landed my first job in the industry, which was at Jagex. That's not to put anybody off. It's luck as much as it is talent and skill and perseverance and you have to remember that each application you complete is better than your last one um so applying is actually a skill in itself don't be afraid to apply for jobs just go for it yeah absolutely i mean you, you know the industry is obviously looking for you know people that are as, as talented as possible um but sometimes through no fault of your own you can you can be the most talented person going um, something's just not right fit it's not the right timing for the studio um, so persistence is absolutely key. And one of my favorite sayings is that the harder you work, the luckier you get. And certainly through my career, I've found that to be the case. Um, being, being, um, being lucky and persistent is, um, is often better than simply being good. Yep, I must agree with that. Have you heard of the 10% rule? <laughs> Oh, no, what's that? So it's like a job application thing. So the idea is if uh, you will be successful in 10% of your application. So if you apply to 100, you might get an interview at 10, you might get a job at one. So just firing off applications as much as you can, even if you don't end up taking the job, it's just a brilliant exercise, I think. Yeah, and your, your, your point about every application getting better, it's the same with every interview. You know, your first oh, yeah. interview probably isn't going to be great. Um, so you need to you need to get experience. Like anything else, the more you practice it, the better you will get. So please persevere. If you want to get into this industry, there's no guarantees, but we've got all the companies today giving you great advice and telling you where to go. So take as much of that advice as you, you think appropriate um, and do just persist. And hopefully we'll see you in the industry before too long. Amazing. Uh, Okay, um, Georgia, do you want to introduce our next speaker? Yeah, amazing. So next up, BAFTA is an independent charity that supports, develops, and promotes film, te television, and games in the UK. Here to tell us more about their inspirational... In oh, I'm so sorry. Here to tell us more about their inspirational BAFTA Guru program is Julia Griffiths. Hello. Hi, Hi Hi, nice to see you. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, be because we've had to move things around a little bit, I don't have your slides ready, uh, but bear with us for a minute if you just introduce yourself and we'll bring your yeah, slides in shortly. Yeah, that's fine. It's not too a bit later anyway, so I'll just start. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Julia and I'm the new Entrant and Industry Manager at BAFTA. Um, and I'm here mainly to tell you a little bit about our scholarship scheme, which supports people in financial need to study games courses. Uh, it's just a bit of a download of information um, I'm just going to run through how the scheme works, but there is more information on our website. So if you need more details, please do go to that afterwards. And obviously I'm on the Discord channel as well. 
So we've been running our scholarships for nearly 10 years now, and they've been for postgraduate study. Um, but for the first time this year, we're going to include selected undergraduate courses. Um, we'll be announcing the final details of what those courses are when we open for applications, which will be towards the end of March. Um, but they will include all of the courses on the TIGA accredited list. So um, if you are thinking about applications at the moment and where you might like to study, um, I'm sure the TIGA list is a good is a good starting point for that. Um, the scheme will be open to British citizens and those with refugee status. And we will over, we'll be announcing the date when we open, but it will be towards the end of March. The timeline is uh, we're open for about two months. We close at the end of May and then we make decisions in July for people ready to start in September. Or if you are going to a postgraduate course, some of those start in January. We will consider people at any stage of their course, though you do need at least one full year still to go from September. So, uh, for example, if you're in your final year now, um, unfortunately, you wouldn't be eligible for the scholarship, but you could be going into your third year. Also, if you haven't started yet, but you're just looking to apply to courses at the moment, you don't have to be in your course to apply um, for the scholarship. So you will need to complete an application form on our website. And the first round of assessment is financial, uh, as primarily the scholarships are awarded on need. Uh, but we do also will then look at personal statements and we ask for examples of work where people can provide them and we have industry specialists assess that work. Um, and then finally, there is an interview stage. So there is, is quite a long um, selection process, um, very thorough with, with who we award the scholarship to. Um, so what do you get for the scholarship? Uh, we award between £5,000 and £12,000 for each year of study, which will be up to a maximum total scholarship of £20,000. Uh, you also get an industry mentor and access to BAFTA events. Oh, great, my high-tech slide is up there with the headlines. Um, if you're studying an undergraduate course, the scholarship will be a bursary that is paid to you to support your living expenses. And if you're studying a postgraduate course, that goes straight towards your fees, so we pay that straight to the university. Um, and you will also get, as part of your scholarship, it's not just financial support, you will get matched with an industry mentor who will support you uh, through the duration of your study. And you also get access to BAFTA events and networking opportunities. Uh, for example, normally in pre-COVID times, uh, the BAFTA Game Scholars get invited to the Games Awards. Um, so that's a nice kind of industry networking opportunity as well um, on top of the scholarship. So on the slide, you can kind of see the, the main headlines there. Um, just to tell you a little bit about some of the previous scholars we've had. Uh, Benjamin Luff studied an MPROF in games development at Abate. And after graduating, he worked on RuneScape at Jagex before moving to Sweden to work for Avalanche Studios on Rage, Rage 2. And he's currently working on a title that he couldn't tell me what it is. Uh, Daisy Fernandez studied an MA in Games Design and Development at the National Film and Television School. And she won the Rise and Star Development Award at the Women in Games Awards in 2019. She spent the past year working as part of the design team at Interior Night on Xbox title as Dusk Falls. Um, and Carl Horwood, also a recent scholar, also did an MPROF at Abate and went to work at Ubisoft after graduating. He's also worked at Supermassive Games on the Dark Pictures anthology, Little Hope, and he's now started his own company uh, called Cloud Colony Games. So we've had some really talented people come through the scheme and it has supported them um, to further their studies, which they wouldn't otherwise be able to do without the support of BAFTA and the scholarship. So it's, a, it's an initiative that we're really proud of. Um, 
And just to say a little bit more about the kind of wider, uh, our wider work with GAINS, the scholarships are part of our year-round programme of events and initiatives, and we have something for all levels um, of experience, which ranges from our Young Game Designer Competition, which is for 10 to 18-year-olds, and that goes right up to our industry programme with people who, BAFTA members, people that are really established in the industry. We're currently running all of our events online, and they're all free. And again, if you, if you sign up to our newsletter on our website, uh, BAFTA.org, you'll be able to find details of those, and they're all running via Zoom, we do put some on Twitch, um, and we have some excellent speakers, so they're always worth checking out. Uh, we have our BAFTA Guru website and our BAFTA Guru YouTube channel, where we keep all the content and the videos from uh, the events we've run. And we also have some bespoke careers advice from BAFTA winners and nominees up there, so that's worth having a look at if you're not familiar with it. Um, yes, yeah, so the next steps, if you're interested in our scholarship program, or any of the work that we do, um, sign up to our newsletter. You can follow us on Twitter. I've just put the handles on that slide, at BAFTA and at BAFTA Games. We will be making an announcement once we launch uh, the scheme, and we will be announcing the full list of eligible courses then. Uh, you can also contact us, um, easy to remember, BAFTA scholarships at BAFTA.org. Uh, if you have any questions, we've got people in our team will be happy to answer them. Um, and I think that is really it for the scholarship programme. We hope that... Um, want to get a lot of good applications so yeah we hope to yeah please do check it out and apply thank you awesome great stuff um so julia we have one question from the chat um mm -hmm. so that's how important would you say that networking is within the games industry I think like with anything with films, with all with film TV and games, it is it is important. And I know that I mean that's why we have the kind of the mental element to the scholarship as well, because it's not just about what you learn at university or on your course. It's about getting that industry connection and learning how to yeah, build those connections. That's where that's where the jobs come from. Um so yeah, I would say it is important, but I think the games community is actually quite good at doing it I think because um, people are very online and I think people are very open for kind of connecting with other people so um, and it's a bit less intimidating if you don't have to be in the room sometimes so I think yeah we sort of say to people you know approach everyone as if they're a future collaborator like it might not be a project that you're working on now. There might not be an obvious connection, but you sort of never know. They could be, you know, your future colleagues or, you know, you might suddenly need someone who's got that expertise that you met at something two years ago. And it's just great to sort of build those contacts where you can. So, yeah, I would say it's important. Mm. Um, when would you say to start doing that, to start building their network? Is there sort of any is is that um would university be too early or would you say even before university and also how would you uh, would you give any tips for doing that online as most of us are now and not in person well i would say as soon as you know that you want to work in games as soon as you've got an idea um then you know there's no time like the present to start building those networks and um you know, if you if there's games that you really like or small companies that you you really like the work they do, you know, I think people are very open to people reaching out, you know, reaching out, especially, you know, the beauty of everyone being online, like people have 15 minutes to do a Zoom call, you know, it's not such a big time commitment for people meeting in real life is. So I really think, you know, it's worth kind of making them, yeah, reaching out to people and telling them that you like 
what they do and what you're interested in um I think is always a good starting point really and you know I can see I mean I was watching the YouTube I was watching this this afternoon and all the community there you know all of these people anyone that you're interacting with is, is a potential kind of contact so I think it's sort of approaching it like that really um it doesn't just have to be someone five years ahead of you or who's really established in the industry it could be someone who's you know one of your peers who you might need their expertise or you know they could be someone that you're forming a games company with in the future so I think kind of the more people that you know it's only a good thing yeah great advice you never know you never know who you're talking to even do you yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I know. I know. From my point of view, I've I've always um, loved the fact that I mean, BAFTA is such a prestigious organisation. You know, it represents all the all the film and TV side of things. And you know, growing up, that was what I associated with. So the 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 fact that it does so much in games, I think, is is great for the games industry and for all screen industries. How how much collaboration is there between you know crossover between you know, games and film and TV, is that something you see much of or are we still still quite siloed, do you think? I think the industries are still very different. I think there is some crossover and I think probably more between film and um, film and games, obviously in terms of the kind of visual effects and artwork and stuff. Um, I think it's definitely something that as an organisation we are trying to kind of make people realize the similarities and you know learning skills from another craft area only enriches kind of your own practice really and I think you know there's definitely a lot that film and tv can learn from games and vice versa so uh but I do think the industries kind of work quite differently and the career trajectories to get into them work quite differently um but as an academy sort of one of the good things of having members from all chapters is to kind of encourage people to have that cross-pollination of ideas and also bring those skills in from other, you know, other disciplines to, yeah, enrich, enrich the craft. Great. So I'm, I'm going to hold out hope for, uh, for, for being part of the next James Bond film. So <laughs> that's <been> fair enough. <laughs> great. Julia, thank you so much for joining us. That's been great. Okay. Thanks very much. Bye. Cheers. Okay, we are running exactly on schedule, which is great. So we're going to be able to get through everyone without running out of time. Um, next, we move further north up to Liverpool to hear from Lucid Games, who have worked on franchises such as Star Wars, Need for Speed, and perhaps my personal favourite, Geometry Wars. So from Lucid Games, please welcome Holly. Hello. Hi. Um so I think my name is Holly Lapper, of course. I am the head of talent here at Lucid Games. Um, as Colin just mentioned, we're based in Liverpool in the Baltic Triangle. Um, just to give you a bit of background on Lucid, um, as Colin briefly mentioned, of course, we have developed a few games in our past. Um, most recently, a PlayStation 5 exclusive, Destruction All-Stars, um, vehicle combat game Switchblade, and also work alongside some of the biggest developers and publishers. In the past year, it's been quite a big one for us. We've, of course, developed Destruction All-Stars, worked on Apex Legends, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered, and Star Wars, Jedi, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and that's just the ones we can tell you about. Um, Colin, I think you have a video to quickly show what it's like working at Lucid.
Yeah. So that's just a little insight of what it's like working at Lucid, of course, when we're in the office, which has not been for a while, but at the moment we're all, of course, working remotely. So it just gives you a bit of an idea when hopefully we're allowed to return to the office, what it will be like. Um, so the reason why you're all here, of course, how to get into games, um, first and foremost. Uh, there's a lot of different advice that you'll get across studios, across people, uh, across the industry as well. Um, some of the advice that I like to give out to people before being ready to even get into games, so literally as soon as you know you're going to be working in the industry, is to start networking with people and attend a lot of industry events, like today, of course. Um, but network with people at your level, at a senior level, maybe one year's more experience, and you just to understand the industry a little bit better and understand exactly what it takes to get into games is also what you can expect when working for studios and as well just to get familiar faces when you do start going to interviews and applying to jobs as well. Um, so I'd also recommend on top of that as well is to follow companies. It's so difficult to find the right company to work for and there's so many amazing ones out there that it's good whilst you are looking and whilst you've got a few years of studying or not being ready to work in companies to actually start following companies, learn about what they do, understand the company culture and the games they develop, the games they assist on, anything. Um, on top of that, of course, signing up to any job notifications that they may have. A lot of um, studios have places you can sign up just to get notified as soon as they have a game um, job opening as well. If you are ready to start working into companies and start working in games, of course, I would definitely recommend just sending speculative applications. It's something what not enough people do across the industry and people think that there needs to be a job available for you to apply for or that you need a certain level of experience. Um, but I can't tell you how many applications we receive from people when it's suddenly there's been a conversation an hour or two before and we think we need this person so we can get them into this part of the company and then a speculative application comes in and it is a lot of the time just look with timing essentially so I definitely recommend if you are ready and you and you can start working whether that's part-time full-time with placements just to send speculative applications and you never know what you might get back from them um, and on top of that if you don't get a position or a studio is not looking just always ask for advice there's so many people out there who's been in the same position tried to get into the industry and are more than willing to just give you advice on anything whether that's whether your cvs needs changing or your cover letter or your portfolio we're all more than happy to help especially at lucid but also across the industry i've known this from previous experience but everyone is more than open to discussing with you how to improve and also when there might be jobs coming up as well. So in terms of applications, um, I, I know of course it's a, it's a big thing and there's a lot of advice you can get as well in CVs and covering letters, but from a lucid perspective and from myself working in recruiting graduates, people at entry level or people looking to change from different sectors into games, I've from working with them in the past five years, I've always kind of given the same advice, which is to make your CV very clear, um, always bullet points, always document what you've done as well. Um, and then your covering letter, really tailor this to studios. It kind of relates back to when I was mentioned earlier about um, following studios, but with your cover letter, if you tailor it to a studio, talk about why you want to work there, talk about the games that the studios developed, for example, it really does help make you stand out from the crowd. 
um, and really just sort of bring a little bit of personality as well to your application. And portfolio, of course, this is a huge one. And most of the time for a lot of our roles, especially with art roles, we don't focus too much on CVs. And we really do just look at the portfolio and the previous work examples that you have. So from whenever you know you're going to get into games and when you do start either developing things or designing things or anything, just start creating little bits of work, putting them to one side, putting them in folders and really just having good examples and you can show your growth as well. So if you created something four years ago that wasn't particularly as good as your work now, it's always good to show how you've developed as a person, how you developed in your experience as well. Um, we like to see small projects, I'd say. Um, we also like to see how you can work as part of a team. You might be doing this at university, but we also like to see small finished projects from start to finish so we can understand your experience in that sense as well. Um, I'd also recommend trying just different technologies. It's always good to see someone who's always keen to learn new technologies and can work um, with a numerous different ones. Um, in terms of opportunities, so at the moment, we are about to launch our placement scheme, which we will be having over art, animation, um, design and programming, which will be eligible this year for people in their second year um, and then for the sandwich year placement year. Um, we also have graduate opportunities that will be going live quite soon, which will be across art, animation, design, QA and programming. Um, more details will be released on our LinkedIn, on our website, on our Twitter. Um, so they'll have the full job descriptions and what you can expect. So follow us on LinkedIn as that's where all our jobs get posted straight away. Um, also follow us on Twitter for just to see general updates of the company. And then we like to use our Instagram as what life's like at Lucid more than a games focus. So it's a really good place for you to see what we're like. And I think that is me done. Sorry, I tried to rush through at the end as I realized <laughs> the time was just ticking. <laughs> No, no, you're you're spot on. I think we've just got time for uh, two two questions. Um, uh, I, I mean, one one of the things you you mentioned wanting to see someone completing a portfolio from start to finish. Do do you value seeing that as a, a solo project or prefer to see it done as part of a bigger team? Um. So it's just sometimes a lot of people will come to us and they'll submit a portfolio and we don't know exactly what they've done as they've always been a part of big projects for university and we more like to just see the little bits that they have done in particular whether that's if they've worked on a big project and that's all they've ever done that's fine but then maybe detail what they have done as sometimes you might judge a piece of work and it's not what they've done or and we kind of just I always advise people just to show us bit smaller projects just to show exactly what they've done and it helps us be able to assess what they can do and what they're more suited to as well it's you never know really until you actually look at a portfolio mm. yeah just make it make it make it obvious what you're responsible yeah for. that's it if, if you don't have time and of course everyone has different commitments to do small projects which is understandable then just kind of outline in your cover letter or in your portfolio what exactly you did and kind of take ownership from that point Awesome. Um, so a question about CVs came in, which is, do you prefer to see a one page CV or would you be open to receiving like two pages? How long is too long for a CV <laughs> from your perspective? So I, I, we don't really have a limit on how many CVs. I think if someone sent us a CV that was 11 pages long, it might be <laughs> a bit 
too much but there's always been this thing where everyone says you should not make your cv more than one page long no more than two pages it just gets thrown out which is just ridiculous now it's all about showing your experience and if you have it if you are moving from a different industry and you have so much experience that you want to detail then that's great but i i always think <clears throat> sorry i always think that it's better to have probably a three page I guess it's quite easy to scroll for you can have a look but I wouldn't put pressure on that as a lot of people do put pressures on the fact that you need it to be one page but I'd just say whatever you feel comfortable with but I wouldn't go over probably five <laughs> amazing good advice yeah absolutely absolutely yeah brilliant advice Holly we need to move on but thank you very much thank for your, you. your, your time um you're on the, the discord yes I am I am on there Perfect. If you're not already on, um, you've got half an hour left when the companies are still uh, staffing the Discord. The link is scrolling across the bottom of the screen. It is intogames.org slash Discord. Get on there. Um, if you've got any burning questions for our last couple of speakers, do give us a shout. Um, otherwise, chat to everyone else. And most importantly, speak to the companies. Everyone, we can't ask all the questions. There have been hundreds of questions. But the point of having the companies on the Discord is that you can ask them directly. So jump onto the Lucid channel, jump onto the, the Creative Assembly, the Splash Damage, the Mediatonic channels, all of them, and ask the companies directly. Holly, thank you so much for joining thank us. You. We'll see you on the Discord. See you later. Oh, amazing. So that's some really good advice. I very much recommend going and asking Holly any follow-up questions. If you do have them, that's on the Discord again. So next up, we have a French company with 18,000 staff members posted over 40 offices around the entire planet, including several in the UK. They develop and publish global AAA hits like Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, and Wash Dogs. Please welcome Andrew Poxton from Ubisoft. Hiya. Hi, Georgia. Thank you. How are you doing, Colin? Hi there. So my name's Andrew. I work for Ubisoft uh, in the UK. I'm based in Newcastle. Uh, I look after recruitment for both of our Newcastle Reflections office and Leamington Studio. Um, as I mentioned, lots and lots of blockbuster games uh, and a huge amount of people that work for the business. But obviously in the UK, we have our own sort of separate culture. Uh, there's about 320 of us in the UK at the minute uh, and continue to grow year on year. Uh, a really eclectic bunch, really, really good group of people. Uh, across the two studios, we speak 26 different languages. One in four of your colleagues will be based outside or be born outside the UK. So a really interesting group. Uh, and despite the sort of new Brexit regulations, we're still continuing to attract people from all around the world. Um, we're working on a, a new uh, unannounced IP as a lead studio. Uh, we're also working on Assassin's Creed VR and Splinter Cell VR as well. So you can be really confident that if you do come and join us, you'll be working on a, a really cool project. Um, today, I'm just really going to go through a lot of these sort of industry pathways, uh, the different ways that you can join the business, uh, and obviously the recruitment journey, what it looks like, uh, and a few hints and tips to, to help you get through the door as well. Um, Credit recruitment, it's a huge part of our long-term sort of plan for the studio. Um, lots and lots of us, really successful employees came through this uh, and we'll obviously continue to, to make this successful. Um, it's the fourth year that we've done this uh, independent from our head office in Paris. 
uh, we just really like to yeah to be able to really engage with with the graduates from from the UK universities and or previously international students as well. Um, the competition is very very high um, as you probably expect. Um, we get well we've had more than ten thousand applications across design, art, programming, production. So it is yeah there's lots of competition, but we do try and make it as fun as practical as possible, uh, so you can really have a chance to showcase your skills that you've got through academia and also passion projects and game jams too. Um, over the last four years, we've hired 60 graduates, uh, and there's probably 2022 20, going to be joining this year as well. Um, everyone joins on a 12-month fixed term with a job to follow on after that. Uh, over the last four years, we've retained 80% of our new starters. Uh, it takes an average of 21 months to have people progress into an intermediate level. Uh, and last year, we actually had our first graduate uh, from the first intake who's made it up into a leadership role, which is really, really good as well. Um, as well as graduates, we're also sort of opening more and more what we call junior hires. Uh, this is something which is not just for fresh graduates, uh, but someone who, yeah, maybe has uh, travelled, worked in a different career, uh, and has now realised that their, their sort of passion is within the games industry. Uh, we typically try and hire really interesting, curious, inspired people, people with an entrepreneurial approach. So we appreciate that not all of these people will come straight from university and go straight into the world of work. Um, and it's also not just our, uh, the juniors that we hire as well. Uh, we also do keep our eyes open for other industries um, and people who have a, a passion for game. Uh, that's typically in the possibly the more technical departments like programming. Uh, and one really good example of this is, is last year we, we hired someone who's uh, a veteran of his own industry. Uh, you won't mind me saying he's in his 50s, has a lifelong passion for games, um, really, really wanted to work in it. But... So by the time that, that he realised this, he was really at a, a position in his life where he wasn't really able to move into a more junior role. Um, he ended up joining last year as a as a programming manager, so a bit more hands off. So he didn't need all of the game specific skills, uh, but it's been a really really good addition to manage the team, build a really strong technical fundamentals that the programming team needs, uh, and he's brought some really really good ideas. So that's just evidence that even though. Yeah, he's had a really good career. It's never too late to get into the jobs that you really, really want. Um, as well as looking at how you get into the business, I think it's really important as well to, to look at the internal progression. Um, we don't just bring people in at junior positions and they stay still. Uh, part of our ongoing growth is to help people sort of move up through the business. And we have different routes to re sort of suit whatever your desire is, really. Um, we have this sort of traditional well, I'd say traditional management route. Uh, this can be where you can evolve into becoming a, a, an intermediate and a senior, start to be a mentor, uh, and then through our management training program, eventually become a lead. And you never know, further down the line, maybe sort of discipline managers. Um, we've got the expert route as well. Um, this is for something, someone who, who doesn't really have a desire to, to be a manager. I know it's not for everyone. Um, some people just want to make really amazing games. Uh, we really value the sort of high-level individual contributor as much as someone who's responsible for a team. Uh, at Ubisoft, you can become a director without actually managing a single person. Uh, we want to just really award, reward everyone's contribution to the game rather than just how many people they've got under them. And the final route, which I would probably class as progression as well, is, is through our international mobility program. Um, sometimes career progression doesn't have to be moving up the org chart. Uh, this can be something where someone wants to progress personally and 
I think international travel and working in an international business can be a really, really good way of doing that. Um, so basically, as soon as you've worked in a studio for more than two years, preferably you finished a current project. Uh, and if you want to work internationally, there's opportunities there. If you see another job in one of the other studios, you can apply for it. Uh, we'll support your application. Uh, we'll help you with visas and we'll even pay for your relocation as well. So I think that's definitely the advantage. Uh, the recruitment journey. So it's something which is nerve-wracking, I'm sure, for everyone. I think regardless of what point you're at in your career, it's interviews, tests, all that sort of stuff are, are, are never fun, I suppose. But I think what we try and do is try and make them as practical as possible um, and really get to know you as a, as a person as well. So um, we try and stimulate, sort of simulate what it's like to work for us, uh, give you an opportunity to, to see what we're like as well. Um, as you've seen today, the amazing businesses we've got in the UK industry at the minute, it's its not just the applicant who's on show, it's also the businesses as well. So we're really proud of what we've got and we, we really want to showcase it to you guys to hopefully be the number one choice as well. During the application process, of course, as previously mentioned, there's, there's the sort of three core fundamentals. Uh, the CV, this just needs to be a traditional CV focusing on the areas that, well, essentially will make us hire you. Uh, the portfolio. Again, that's a way of you showcasing the practical skills that you've learned um, and help you really sort of stand out. Um, the cover letter, while it's not 100% essential, like a lot of other people have mentioned tonight, uh, it's, a, it's a really good impression. It helps you tailor your motivations, let us know a bit about you, show us how you, how you communicate, uh, and also, yeah, it shows, me, shows us um, what sort of really motivates you as well. Um, so here's a little more detail about the portfolio and CV because they are really, really important when the competition is so high. Um, one thing I would say is, is prepare. When you're making your CV, have a look at the job specification, have a look at the areas that, that really think you, is going to help you stand out. Um, we do appreciate that having a part-time job or I don't know what it would be, uh, sort of outside of work as a, as a young person or as a student does show work ethic. And I do personally really, really appreciate that. but do really focus on the areas within your course or within game jams or sort of passion projects, which is really going to be specific for what we're going to hire you on the basis of. Um, and also remember that you're presenting this to, to experts in the games industry. Uh, I'm not talking about me personally, but the people who will be a lot of, we're reading your CV a lot of the time, uh, will be the sort of the seniors and leads within the business. So really go into the deepest level of detail that you can, because for all I won't understand it, they most certainly will. Uh, the portfolio, again, really, really important. It's been mentioned quite a few times tonight that the CV is very much a two-dimensional document, uh, but the portfolio really gives us the third dimension for, for, for who you are as, a, as an artist, as a designer, as a programmer. Um, don't just put one piece of work in there. Show the progression that you've made uh, from maybe year one up into uh, sort of postgraduate maybe. Um, add a variation of work in there, in there as well. Um, so we can see how you apply the fundamental skills for, for what we're looking for into lots of different contexts. Remember, if you worked at a business uh, like Ubisoft, for example, you could be working on the next Assassin's Creed, you could be working on Just Dance, or you could be maybe working on a, on a VR project. So having a really strong grounding in fundamental skills is really, really important. Um, please make sure the portfolio is targeted towards the job that you're doing. Um, we've got a graduate program running at the minute and there are a lot of people who are sending over probably a bit more of a generic uh, portfolio i know a lot of the 
games uh, game degrees are fairly broad but if for example you want to be a level designer or if you want to be an artist really tailor your portfolio towards that um, I appreciate that you may not know exactly what you want to be right now I think just working in games is probably a driver for a lot of people um, but do try and tailor it towards a specific job that you're applying for as well and remember as well add all of your documentation put all your working out a bit like we get all the maths exams uh, we don't just want to see a final product or, or an answer as it were um, if it's a in character development if it's the functionality of a sort of an enemy AI or, or a, a level you're building we want to see all of the the elements that went towards all of the decisions that you made how you got there and sort of the rationale behind it as well so that's just as important to us uh, game jams it's something which has been mentioned quite a lot I know it's something which is which is becoming bigger and bigger within the industry um, and some of the portfolios I've seen already this year have a, a huge amount of information from game jams I think it's a really good example of, of working in a team of working to deadlines working to a tight brief I think again it really simulates what it's like to work and really showcases what you've got um, the, the, to offer us um, I would make sure obviously you, you document it you show all the parts that you've done uh, and as well as that I think again another trait we look for is someone who is able to to be humble and but be proud of the work we've done so if you worked in a game jam or you worked as part of a larger team and there's, there's someone who worked with you who's really good make sure you give them a shout out i think that's a really really good quality for someone joining a big team um last year we actually ended up hiring two people from the same master studio if you look on the left that's actually a picture of their game uh, and there was a team uh, of, of french students who were doing a masters um one was a level designer and he gave a shout out to one of the technical designers who who really really helped him create something really really good um we actually ended up hiring them both and they actually now both live in Newcastle, just around the corner from me actually, uh, and they moved over here together. So that's been a really, really good hire, and that came from someone who was, yeah, straight out of university, having this or self awareness and, and the humble nature to, to shout out one of his friends. So definitely recommend doing that. Uh, the recruitment process. So I suppose it's fairly similar. I think across lots of different studios, uh, but the, to start with, it is just the, the CV and portfolio screening. So make sure it is communicated as, as accurately as possible. Uh, you've probably spent three, four, five, six years building your experience. So please do show off all of the skills you've got and, and, and really show us what you enjoy doing, what you've done and, and how you've grown as a, as a, as a person who is looking to get into the game, games industry. Um, we then move to, to a test or a practical assessment um i think that's probably a more polite way to put it uh, this is something which to be honest most people dread uh it's it's a really really hard thing to do it's obviously under pressure um but i think what we want to try and sort of achieve through this is is giving everyone a level playing field first of all um and really giving you a, a good understanding of what it's like to, to work for a business like ubisoft um just as an example this year's uh, game design test was it was just one simple question or one step statement um you're a game designer on a division two. You've been asked to design a new skill for the player. It's nice and broad. It allows creativity and it also gives you a bit of a context of what it's like to work uh, as a Ubisoft, with a Ubisoft bestseller. Uh, some of the submissions we've had so far this year are, are absolutely amazing. I uh, really, really enjoyed going through them and they've been really, really, really well thought out and really well presented. Um, that then moves on to the interview. Uh, 
we use the, the, the practical assessment as almost a, a center point for that interview. So again, we want to sort of imitate what it's like to be in a uh, to be in a team meeting, to be in a design meeting, to work with other programmers. Um, so we'll use that as a central point for the interview. We'll be able to see how you communicate, how you take on feedback, uh, how you discuss the, the key decisions that you made and the rationale behind what you provided. Uh, again, it's not all about the finished article. It is quite often about how you got to that point because again, we know that people aren't the finished article yet, but understanding how they think and, and how they communicate is really, really important. Um, and again, this is this is all about us opening our doors as well and showing you the, the sort of people you'll be able to work with. I think one of the great things about working for a company like UB is the people you work alongside. So even though you're maybe just entering the industry, like having your 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 portfolio or having something else uh, reviewed by by an industry leader is is, is really good. And um, again, the, the talent that we're seeing coming through, you, you may well get some good compliments for some very 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 famous and sort of inspirational people in the industry. Uh, just want to thank obviously guys at Into Games and, and everyone who's put this on. I think it's a really, really, it's, it's, a, it's a great thing to, to allow us to, to speak to so many people who are keen to get into our industry. It's a, it's a genuinely place, really good industry to work in and, and something I've really, really enjoyed over the last 12 months. And as I said, feel free to, to connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on the Discord as well. So if there's anything you want, uh, please feel free to, to reach out. Thanks a lot. Brilliant, Andrew. That was absolutely chock full of information. So much good stuff in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we've just got time for one very quick question. Of course. Um, so from the chat, how do you prefer to see something like a 3D portfolio presented? Do you prefer to see that through a personal website or perhaps any other specific website? Uh, I think personal websites are, are really good. Again, when we ask for portfolios or people to present, we leave it very, very open. We want people to, to be able to express themselves in the best way that they, they see fit. Obviously, guidance can be helpful. So, yeah, but I think personal websites are really, really good. Um, and the, there's so many out there now that, that are very cheap or, or free that people can present people things in a really professional way and, and really showcase their work in a professional way. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. That's that's been brilliant. You're on the the Discord, Andrew. Yes, I am. Apologies to anyone who's on there. I'm flying solo tonight, so I haven't got back to as many as possible. But I will uh, will do that. And as I said, I've put everyone's uh, LinkedIn on there. So obviously, feel free to to get in touch with us because yeah, these are really really valuable. And I think I mentioned to you earlier in the week we've we've got some people who are quite far down the process at the minute um, with our graduate scheme uh, for this year. Uh, and they were people we actually met in a in a Discord chat at one of the earlier um, early presentations. So it, it, we're seeing instant success. So yeah, make sure we you do connect with people and and get in touch because it's a really really effective way of, of networking and yeah showing off your personality as well at, at times. Absolutely, you you heard it here first. You can get a job in Ubisoft through GameJobs Live and into games. It it is true. So please it be the next ones. Join our next stream and tell us about how you got into Ubisoft from this very stream. Andrew, we need to move on, but thank you so much. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Great. Okay, moving on. Um, our final company of the day isn't actually a game developer, but they are an organization with some great schemes that I think a lot of you are going to be really interested in. Funded by the UK government to support the UK's games industry, Transfuser is part of a non-profit organization 
with the remit to support the UK's game development ecosystem. From Transfuser, I'm delighted to have Deborah Farley. Oh, although we've got you on mute, I'm afraid, Deborah. This is classic, classic. Yay, COVID. I did, did the classic thing. Thanks for having me, everyone. And I'm going to nip straight into my slides. I'm just conscious of time. So, um, yeah, so I am um, work with Transfuser. I've worked with the programme for five years now. Um, and Colin did a great introduction in terms of who are we. Um, we're a community interest company, we're not-for-profit, and we run, um, currently running two projects which are funded by the UK government. So we've got the UK Games Fund, which supports early stage indie dev companies um, and provides grant funding um, of up to £20,000 to take their game idea to the next stage or level of development. Um, but what I'm going to talk to you is about Transfuser, and, um, which I hope is of, of, of interest to a number of students or graduates. I see there's quite a lot on Discord and there's a lot on, on the, the channel. So, And for those who are kind of looking further forward and, and looking about what they're going to do uh, when they graduate, this is an, a real ideal opportunity for you. Um, here I've heard loads from the companies about experience. Um, heard loads about developing your portfolio. Well, Transfuser can, can really, really help you to do that. It can give you um, um, experience and it can help you uh, to, to develop these key pieces and it can also help you to set up your own um, indie studio depending on what you're looking for. So quote from um, Chris Jones who was one of our teams from last year um, I really I was speaking to him last week and this is what he said to me on the call he said taking part in Transfuser changed my life and has given me a career in the video games industry so we really couldn't ask for much more than that and Chris worked with um, Knights of Boria and they're creating their game Rustbreaker. You can check it out over on Itch.io. It's still not um, fully launched yet, but it's certainly in um, development at the moment. Um, and they've enjoyed the last uh, few months setting up and establishing their own company, developing their own IP and working on their own game and, and, and taking it to market as well. So really positive story, uh, really great um, opportunity for them. Uh, they were part of um, Falmouth University. They were based there, and I, I did see earlier that there was a few people from Falmouth joining. So, um, um, a little bit of information about them. So, what happened last year to make this such a life-changing experience for uh, for Chris? Um, so, well, this is some of the stuff that, they, that our teams were involved with. We obviously had to pivot our offering, so everything went online. Uh, we um, opened it up, so it was not only just about setting up own studio, but also developing uh, portfolio content and looking uh, looking at careers. We had 27 teams take part. We had over 120 team members. They clocked up over 500,000 hours worth, sorry, 50,000 hours worth of development uh, during the summer. Um, they they were had experienced some of the pit, uh, some pitch development. Uh, they took part in our GameSpiz Academy. All of our participants uh, left with digital accreditations, which really, really handily. Um, at the bottom there, you can see the really nice wee images that actually um, carry metadata on them, um, and it it shows exactly what you what you developed during the course of the program. So it's a really good thing that you can put onto LinkedIn, um, and um, onto your social media pages to to show up employers. This is what we did, and this is what we were involved in. Um, we also had our um, final event, which is our Protoplay, Protoplay 2020. Uh, it lasted for over a week. We had our website. We had live streaming over the weekend. It was about 18 hours of live streaming. And um, we also hosted our own, very own um, transfuser-focused Games Jobs Live event, which was a great success. Um, and then we had um, um, the opportunity to pitch for the £20,000 um, UK Games grant funding. 
of which four teams were selected for that funding. So what's an offer to you this year? Um, so we've taken um, what we did last year on, in terms of it being virtual, and we're going to um, offer that again this year. And there's three pathways that you can that you can choose and that you can opt into: our enterprise pathway, employment pathway, and our environment pathway. Um, our enterprise pathway is aimed at graduates. So this is for those who've gradu graduated between uh, June 2019 and September 2021 this year. This is all about if you're wanting to start a studio. So if you've got a slight inclination, thinking, oh, I wonder what this is going to be like. Um, I kind of fancy being my own boss or I'd really like to take our own IP and see how far we could go it and release it and try and make some money out of it. and Find out what, it, what, what, it, what does it take to be an indie dev? Then this is the pathway for you. Um, you don't have to be dead set about it. You know, it, you know, it's not like you have to have to have to want to do this. But if you have an inclination that you want to find out more, then, yeah, definitely go for this. This is we're looking for teams to be full time on this. So during, during the participation, they'd be working full time on it as well. And there's a list of stuff that you um, would get out of um, the enterprise pathway um, from taking part. And um, the next one is the employment pathway. So this is all about getting hired. Uh, so this is open to uh, university students um, and graduates. So from first to third year from England, and I think it's the fourth year in Scotland. Um, and then graduates as well. Um, so this is all about a summer of fun making games. Um, it's a bit like a, a, a big long uh, game jam. Um, we'll be using Itch.io as um, the, 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 the pathway to, uh, to, to host this, the platform to host this. We'll have our virtual careers fair um, and selected teams will be invited to take part on our um, showcase event for the enterprise pathway as well. Again, come away with a digital credential from that. We then have our environment pathway, otherwise known as saving the world. Um, and this is a completely new pathway. Um, and it's really aimed at those who want to use a game to communicate. And they're interested in making a game for good. Um, and it's kind of linking into some of the stuff that's happening with uh, the COP26 um, summit that's happening in Glasgow um, in November. And we're wanting um, people to, to have um, the environmental um, issues firmly in the headlights as they're considering creating a game and communicating a message around about that. So again, this is aimed at um, university graduates. So it'd be um, uh, June 2019 up to September 2021. Again, it'd be a full-time experience that you'd be looking to invest your time into. So who should apply? So um, you should, um, if, you, if you meet the criteria, we're looking for people who are really interested in taking the first steps and setting up their own indie studio. We're looking for people who are ambitious and who are wanting to go that extra mile to land their dream job and um, who are looking to hone and develop their skills um, and wanting to work with a diverse group of people and create something special. If you're wanting to create your own IP, if you've got a great idea and you're thinking, yeah, I'd really like to see if I can gather a team together and kind of really see this come to life and this is for you, for you, you know, interested in practical learning, taking what you've learned at university and in your studies and really putting it into practice. Um, if you want to make connections in the industry, we've got over 140 um, indie dev studios who we have uh, funded through the UK Games Fund. So we'll be connecting you up with them. Um, and really, uh, ultimately, we're looking for people who are willing to invest their time now and for their future for tomorrow. So where can you find out more? Check out transfuser.com. Um, this is our new website that we've just launched. It's got all the information about the pathways in it as well. If you are looking to gather a team together, 
um, you're maybe not part of a team or maybe you're a team and you're looking for some extra people to, to help you fill out your some vacancies there, um, please head over there, fill out the, the online form and uh, we will get that posted, posted up for you. And um, there's two parts to it. There's a public face, uh, facing part and then there's um, the private um, part which you'll need to register to get the application so then you can go and contact the teams and individuals further. It's access for all pathways, so regardless of which pathway you decide to choose, um, you can uh, pop up your vacancy there. That is um, a very, very high level about some of the information that um, we've got going on in Transfuser. Really recommend that you go and check out our website uh, to find out some further information about it. Myself and Kirsty are on the Discord channel, um, just now over in the Intergames um, Discord. So if you've got any further questions, just, um, just ask us them there. Thanks for your time and uh, see if there's any further questions. Awesome stuff. Yeah, that was great. Uh, I particularly love that environment pathway that you guys have um, been implementing. How much power yeah. do you think a good game can have on society? Oh, I think it's like, I think it's massive. It's amazing just the the, the impact that it has over, you know, any, it, it's cross-generational cross um, and you know, getting the message out there of a game um, is, is 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 so is so wide. So yeah, I think it's got massive massive um, um, reach. Um, I I mean, I love the I love the initiative to help people um, set up their own studios, make their, their own games. I mean, obviously, the success rate of making your own game in, in studio in the industry is um, challenging. Sometimes <coughs> this isn't an easy industry. Yep. But how how much do you think the experience, even if you fail, how much do you think that experience helps? get a, a, a regular job down the line oh yeah i mean i think it's it's massive i mean we always see transfuser as such a learning this is all it's all about learning so re regardless of which pathway that you go on everything that you do on transfuser is useful for your next step so whether it is that you that you take the next year or two years five years or 15 years to actually get your studio to the place that you want it to be or, you know whether it's like you, you you try it for a certain amount of time and think oh actually we're gonna we're gonna go off and, and do some work for hire we're going to do contract work and go our own ways that when we speak to our transfuser teams who've had um you know had experience in it and gone and done it they just say it's, it's just been as chris says a life-changing experience and it's opened up their eyes to actually what is it like to work in the games industry and, and what are some of the stuff that we that we actually don't kind of realize that just making a game that is one element to it but there's so many other parts as well to to the industry that you can, can get involved in so yeah so it's um every day is a school day as far as we're concerned absolutely great and i know we've got people from all over the world literally tuning in um, i see one question um just to clarify from explodium asking that these programs um are for transfuser these are only for uk uh people based in the uk though. yes yes they are as you said at the start colin we're uk government funded so it's aimed at um developing talent within the uk so that's that's why that they are for 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 uk um, but good excuse to move here. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's one. <laughs> Absolutely. Deborah, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for your time.
Well, that is us. We have heard from an amazing array of brilliant companies with some incredible advice that we hope helps everyone on their journey into the games industry. Many thanks to all the companies that have taken part today. So that's BAFTA Guru, Creative Assembly, Lucid Games, Mediatronic, Splash Damage, Transfuser, Sumo Digital and Ubisoft. And particularly to our sponsors, Core Games. Please be sure to check those out through all of the links pinned in the Discord channels. Um, and make sure to check out the Intergames website, that's intergames.org and the Intergames Twitter at intergameshq to keep up to date with all of our work and new opportunities. Absolutely. Um, and if you enjoyed this, please do subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, there are more Games Jobs Live events coming up, um, including one focused on jobs around the London area. Let me just bring up the, the dates. Um, we could do without that banner hold on one second um one on um march the 24th focused on jobs around london one as part of the pocket gamer connect digital conference on april the 21st and we are delighted to announce that because of the success of this uh, we will be running another internships event like this on thursday the 23rd of september to sign up get over to the, the website gamesjobs.live where you can also sign up to the Games Jobs Live newsletter to keep up to date with all future events and be sure to check out our interactive map of all the jobs in the games industry across the UK. This hasn't actually been properly announced so you're literally the first to know. Um, the companies are on Discord for a little while longer. In, um, in fact, it's past 6 p.m., so they'll start to disappear. So get your last questions in. Um, from, from my point of view, I'd just like, like to thank Georgia for being an amazing co-host. Thank you so much, Georgia. Um, and thank you to everyone at, at Into Games for helping organize this. It's been great. And um, thank you, Colin. And to everyone out there, we really hope to see you all in the games industry very, very soon. Thank you so much for watching.